Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. I'm in part two of a series called Greater. How many knows Jesus is greater? How many knows God is greater? How many knows God has called us to a greater life? He's come on. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Not just have life, but a greater life. God has called us to a greater level. Praise the Lord. Now, now this series is called Greater, but you'll notice the subtitle is this is a study of the great book of Hebrews. I remember back, uh, not well, I say it's been a while now. It's been years now uh, since I taught on the book of Hebrews. I think it was actually either in the rock school or maybe even the hay barn on a Wednesday night. And I taught it verse by verse. And I remember literally absolutely already had so much respect and love for the book of Hebrews, but as I broke down verse by verse the book of Hebrews, absolutely fell in love with it. Absolutely understood that in the book of Hebrews, the doctrines, the teachings, the revelations, the explanations of so many things that Christians need to know about why we believe the way we believe are in the book of Hebrews. I begin to realize that this book was intentional. Oh, the Word of God is intentional. All letters, all 66 books is intentional by God. Don't get me wrong. But this book of Hebrews was intentionally written to new, the new church. It was intentionally written to the first church, the first church age, which was the Messianic Jews, which was even that time the Gentiles had already joined the church, but it was predominantly a, a group of Jewish believers that at the core of their belief system was the Old Testament. At the core of everything they knew about God was in the Old Covenant, the Law of Moses. So the book of Hebrews was so intentional to show us line upon line the principles of the Old Testament that were revealed not just, we call it the New Testament now, but the New Testament only exists because of the death of one man, the name Jesus. So it, really the book of Hebrews is not showing us the power of the New Testament. The book of Hebrews is showing us the, the New Testament is powerful because of Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. So it's a line upon line. It's a principle upon principle teaching of showing you this was trying to explain to you what was coming in Jesus. This was said to try to give you a preparation for what Jesus would say and what Jesus would do. Jesus, it's not that the New Testament is greater than the Old Testament. It's that Jesus is greater. Can I get an amen? More than any book of the Bible, as I said last week, Hebrews connects the dots between the Old and the New Testament. It reminds us of our relationship with God. But let me tell you something. something somebody needs to say this again. This needs to start being said in the church again. It's been a long time since this was said in the church, and that is this. It also reminds us the relationship that the church has with Israel. Look, I can't run your life, don't want to run your life, your political beliefs, whatever, you believe whatever you want to believe. But in this church, you're going to hear certain things taught by your pastor. And I'm not bringing in any preachers that I know of. They might shock me when they get up here. But I ain't bringing in any other preachers here that's going to preach anything different than that. If I hear somebody get up here and say that we should not be blessing the nation Israel, that it's an abomination for us to uh, bless the nation of Israel, and I'm shocked, I want you to know something. If that, I don't think any of my friends would ever say that. But if they ever did, I'll, I'll literally get up here and take the microphone from them. 
because I'm not going to have anybody up here speaking negative against the nation. Am I condoning everything Israel's ever done? Of course not. But I can tell you this. God said in the Old Testament, that covenant he made with Israel is eternal. It didn't end with Jesus on the cross. It's eternal. And he said, I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll curse them that curse you. Yeah, that's not, say it, CJ. CJ said, that ain't political. That's Bible. All I, that's right. I didn't, quote, I didn't quote any the Democrat or the Republican platform. I quoted the Word of God. And I didn't just, just quote the Word of God. I quoted the, the words coming out of the mouth of God to Abraham. Now, the book of Hebrews reveals to us the deity of Jesus Christ like no other book. It opens up understandings of subject like faith, the blood, the priesthood, the authority of God and authority of man, honor, the importance of church attendance, worship, the coming shaking that we're talking about in the current shaking, and so much more. But more than anything, a hallmark doctrine of the Word of God is that Jesus is God. Jesus isn't a God. Did you hear me? He is God. And let me just tell you, all right, here we go. All right, you're messing with me. I see. I see what you're doing, God. I see. I see. I hear you. I'm going to tell you something. Everything you see, everything you hear going on in this world has one agenda. It is to take away your eyes from Jesus. Everything. Uh Uh-huh. To put your dependence on man. Are you hearing me? You have people who are spirit-filled and tongue-talking believers taking their marching orders from people who don't even believe in God and they won't even listen to anything their pastor or any spiritual man man or woman of God in their life is trying to speak in their life. In fact, I'm going to go further. They're taking the words of a man that don't or a woman that don't even believe in God over the Word of God. But ultimately, it is attack on the deity and the Godship of Jesus Christ. Because if you make Jesus a great prophet, which is what other religions accept Jesus as. Do you know why the Muslims will say Jesus, there's no denying that Jesus existed? He was a great prophet. The Buddhists will acknowledge that Jesus existed. Every major religion acknowledges the existence and the life of the man Jesus. Every one of them. They just don't want to accept who he was and is. Here's the crazy thing to me. You got Muslims that believe that Jesus existed. You got Buddhists that believe that Jesus existed. You got every major religion that acknowledges without a doubt that there was a man named Jesus that existed in the time the Bible said he existed. But people in this country that, was, that literally has been raised with the gospel all around them will listen to voices on Google. They'll Google something about God, get twisted by some YouTube video, and 
not just not believe that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, won't even believe. They'll tell you that the whole story of the man Jesus made up and he never even existed. You want to believe that mess, but you, you, there is more physical and archaeological evidence to prove the life of Jesus Christ than most every major historical figure that you without a doubt believe existed. You, when you got people that, that preach that Christians are the devil, the great Satan, are y'all hearing me? But they still believe that Jesus died on the cross. They don't believe he came back from the dead. But they still they will acknowledge that the man Jesus at least said he was who he was, thought he was who he said he was, and that he died on the cross. But you got neighbors that live in Alabama that don't believe that. You know why? It is because of the voices that you are listening to. Somebody asked me this week, boy, I'll tell you what. This is going to be one of them days right now, brother. I can tell. I'm going to say some stuff. When I sit down in that chair today, I'm going to be like, God, did I really say that? That's the kind of stuff I'm about to say. I had somebody ask me this week, well, pastor, you see what's coming, right? They're getting ready for another shutdown, and they are. You better know that right now. It's coming. Sooner than you think, that, that next mandated shutdown is coming shortly after, or at least an attempt to do it, shortly after the kids go back to school or right before they go back to school, there's going to be a mandated shutdown. There's going to be a mandated mask mandate and all of that. It's coming. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not anti, I'm not up here preaching anti-vaccination, I'm not anti-mask, I'm not anti any of it. I'm just, I'm tired, I'm tired of people being anti anything. I'm pro-Jesus. I'm pro-Word of God. I'm pro-faith. Are y'all hearing me? I'm tired of people being anti. I'm telling you what, instead of me spending time telling you what I'm against, let me tell you what I'm for. I'm for people coming together and worshiping God. I'm for, mom, I'm for people coming to the altar. I'm for, if any of you sick among you, let the elders of the church lay hands upon them. Let them speak the name of Jesus, anoint them with the prayer and the anointed wall, and the God will raise them up. Let me tell you what I am for. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me tell you what I am for. I believe the rapture's coming, but before the rapture comes, I believe there's a revival happening, and no pandemic, no government mandate can stop it. The virus is very real. It's very dangerous. It's very real. But I'm going to tell you something. It ain't as real as God. God was here during the black plague. God was here during measles. God was here during all of them. You hear me? The, ma the mandate is coming. They asked me. I remember what you said. Are you going to stick to it? Let me just tell you right now. I and this house will not voluntarily in any way, shape, or form close the doors. I don't care what anybody says. They can come and they can put a paper on the wall. They can find me. But we are not shutting down the church again. 
And if you don't like it, and if you don't, you don't like that kind of pastor, I love you. You probably need to find you another pastor. Because I'm telling you right now, we are not shutting down again. I don't, it don't matter to me if everybody in this church wants to wear a mask. You can worship in a mask. We are not anti-mask. We're not anti-vaccination. If everybody in the church got a vaccination, if everybody in this church wants to wear a mask, you can wear a mask for, through worship. You can wear a mask from the time you get out of the car to the time you get back in the car. You can drive down the road in a mask if you want to. I don't care. I don't want to live your life, maintain your life, manage your life. I got enough trouble managing and maintaining my own life. All I'm saying is, if you got to wear a mask, if you got to get a chair, we'll set your chair in the back corner. We'll put you away from there. Forget six feet distance. We got a big enough church. I can distance you 50 feet from anybody else. Just get to the house of God. My God, I feel the hope. Just get to the house of God. Put a has. I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not belittling. I guess I am trying to be funny. But, I'm, but I promise you in my being funny, I'm not, I'm not belittling in any way or, or, or speaking down. But I, I just want you to know where I stand. I really don't care if you came in a hazmat suit with an oxygen tank on the back and breathing through like you're about to go to Mars. I, it don't matter to me. What will excite me is just to see you in a Mars suit in the back of the church with your hands raised saying, Nobody stop me from coming to the house of God. Did you say Martians for Jesus? Martians for Jesus. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past by the fathers, to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, who appointed, he appointed heir over all things. Hebrews chapter 1. Through him also. He made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance, everybody shout inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. The first four, first four verses of Hebrews chapter 1 are some of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture. And last week, believe it or not, I, I made it through two verses. I thought I was going to preach the whole chapter. I got to, cha I got to verse 3 and had to close it because it was already lunchtime. No, I didn't close it because it was lunchtime. I just knew that it was time to move on, to get ready for today. But I'm going to tell you something. I preached to you about God was there at the beginning of the creation of the world. And all things that were created were created by him. And nothing that was created was ever created that was not created by him. And the whole world is sustained and held up by the word. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is what we say now. But before Jesus came and walked on this earth, was born of a virgin, and lived for 33 years here on this earth, a sinless life, died on the cross and came back from the dead, in the Godhead, He's known as the part of the Godhead, which is one God existing in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was the Word and is the Word. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say, and the Word became flesh and did what? Dwelt among us. That means he didn't just sort of, he was a spirit being just watching us from a distance. He became one of us. Are y'all hearing me? Can I get an amen? 
All these other religions, their God has never become one of us because they can't become one of us. And I'm going to say this, and this might get me kicked off, because their God is not our God, and our God has made it clear he's the only God. Might have to give me some Holy Ghost secret service to walk around with me. God has spoken to us, the Word of God said, by his prophets. But Jesus became the prophet. See, the Elijahs and the Isaiahs and the Jeremiahs and the Zacharias, come on, y'all hearing me? They were all speaking of Jesus. Jesus took their words and lived it out. He became the prophet. He spoke to us through symbolism. He spoke to us in the Old Testament through the blood of the Lamb. He spoke to us through the Old Testament with the outer court, the approach to God, the inner court, the Holy of Holies. He spoke to us on how the power of the Holy Ghost will be poured out into us in the Holy of Holies with the Ark of the Covenant. So many things pointed to Christ. The entire layout of the temple, every utensil, every, it's mind-boggling, the way you approached the king, the way the king sat, where he sat, high and lifted up. Are y'all hearing me? The, 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 even things as the cup uh, that he drank from, the, all these kind of things that are in the scriptures, all are types and shadows pointing to Christ. But when we pick up in verse 3, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says he sat down at the right hand of God. Do we have that scripture? Verse 3, he sat down at the right hand of God. Now, what does the right hand mean? The right hand is signifying authority. It's always signifying authority. Now, you may be left-handed. That doesn't make you less authoritative, okay? All my left-handed folks in here, please don't take this the wrong way. But, but through generations and through uh, people, always, you know, you should, most people shake with the right hand. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong if you do this. It's just can you, can, can you at least agree, and please, left-handed folks, I love you, praise God. But can you agree that it's, even for you sometimes it's a little awkward because the other person is usually not going to do this. They're going to shake hands. They're going to do this. So even, even left-handed people a lot of times have to train themselves to shake with the right hand even though it's not natural because it's, it, it's just... It's, input, it's put in us through, through nationalities, through generations, through, through uh, different nations over time. They would shake and they would do covenants with the shake of the right hand. And it wasn't just the power. Listen to me. You've got to get this deepness. It wasn't just the power of agreements and contracts. Remember how people used to say, well, there was a day that, you know, we closed a deal on, on a handshake. You ever heard that? Before we had to have all the lawyers involved in all this. It wasn't just a handshake. It was the authority. It was you sticking out your hand, them sticking out their hand, and all the authority that they have to do and question anything you're saying, they release it and by their authority say, I accept the deal. It was the authority of that hand. It was that authority of extending that hand and saying, yes, I agree. That is why we refer to it as the hand of God. That's why we refer to the fivefold ministry gifts that are spoken of in the book of Ephesians that are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Just so happens to be five ways that Jesus operates here on this earth. Just happens to be the same number of fingers when they originally decided to create us that they would put on our hand. Just happens to be how the hand of God, the hand of authority is operating on our lives. When you walk in authority of God, you've got the hand of God on you. Are you hearing me? 
You're, you're making sure that you have covered yourself. When you're in a church and you've got a pastor and you've got leaders, you want to make sure that you are covered, not just by Jesus, number one, but by the way Jesus covers you here on this earth. He gives his authority and puts it into the, to the hand of God and then imparts that hand of God into men and women who are in leadership positions in your life to cover you and manifest the right-hand authority of God. Are y'all hearing me? He sat down at the right hand of God. So Jesus in bodily form, the Word of God. Oh, it's just mind-boggling, man. You, 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 your mind will blow if you really try to think about that the Word of God that was spoken, the force of the Word of God that was spoken out of Jehovah God became flesh. And when He became flesh, that flesh that He became, that became Jesus, now instead of the Word being Spirit that's just moving all over the place, which is still, it still does that because that's, that's the power of being a Spirit being, He has a bodily form now that He actually took from this earth and ascended to heaven and the word did not just become flesh and dwell among us the word is in glorified flesh right now literally sitting on a throne are y'all still with me church Romans eight thirty four says this it is Christ who died and furthermore also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. My God, that's powerful. That's powerful. Romans 8, 34. That's powerful. Watch this. Who makes intercession for us. Why? Why does Jesus even need to make intercession for us? Because God does not change. And because God is not, does not change, we, we, we got a group of preachers that are just preaching that almost that God changed when the New Testament came into existence. God did not change when the New Testament came into existence. That's confusion. God's not the author of confusion. No, no, the difference with the Old and the New Testament is not that God, that the concept, because you know what, if you go back and read the Old Testament, you'll read things, you know, that God was doing back then that he's not doing in the New Testament. It almost like, looked like two different gods. Huh? Go into the town and kill every man, woman, and child. New Testament, God so loved the world. Turn, hits one cheek, slap the other cheek. Let him slap the other cheek. How many know? Some of y'all think, well, I got two cheeks at the most four. But the difference is not that God changed. The difference is Jesus. Because Jesus is right in the middle of it. Jesus is the shock absorber of everything. It's in the New Testament that Paul writes, the wages of sin... Say it again. It's death. How many knows that was the wage of sin in the Old Testament? It didn't stop being the wage of sin in the New Testament. The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is we got Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Come on, y'all hear me. So when you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Can I get deep with y'all today? That word, you ever heard that scripture? If, I, if, the, if a believer sins, he have an advocate with the Father. That doesn't mean he's justifying sin. That just means there's a difference between someone who is a sinner and never been saved and someone who, is sa someone who is saved. You know, it's one thing if you get arrested and you stand before the judge. It's another thing if you get arrested and stand before the judge with a lawyer. That lawyer will usually tell you, you shut up and sit down and let me talk. Because the more you talk, the further deep in that jail you're going. 
Because you're trying to fix it, but you ain't doing nothing but digging a hole deeper. What really happened, y'all, was this. I was trying to do this. I was trying to do this. Oh, you was trying to do that. We didn't know nothing about that. <laughs> Come on, y'all hear me. So the lawyer says, shut up. I got this. When the Bible says a believer sins have an advocate with the Father, that word advocate in the original Greek is the word paraclete, parakletos, which is where we get the, the, the legal term of the officer that is right under a law, y'all are called a paralegal. Are you hearing me? So it literally says when you sin as a believer, shut up, give it to me, I got this. Are y'all hearing me? So when the devil tries to accuse you, going, oh, you did you see what Shane did? Did you see what Brandon did this week? God the Father, because he doesn't change, the law says, well, they've committed a sin that's damnable by death. Or they need to be stoned or something like that. Jesus says, yeah, I know what he said. Check out the blood. It's still on the altar, Daddy. Come on, you hear me? Name's in the book of life. The Father looks at the Son. It says, okay, acquitted, not guilty. Is this good preaching? It, that, it's good to have Jesus interceding on our behalf. The Bible tells us, and this is all not in my notes, but the Bible says in, in the book of Romans, it says, if, if we don't know what to pray, our spirit can be found praying for us. In groanings that cannot yet be uttered. That's the power of the Holy Ghost in the prayer language. What's so powerful about that? The, most, the thing that's so powerful about it is when we're in a situation where we don't know what to pray, our spirit man takes over us and prays in the language that, that Jesus can interpret. And he, 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 he goes straight to the Supreme Court. Come on, somebody. He bypasses all the appeals and takes it straight to the Supreme Court. Oh, you've been trying to work it out in your prayer life, but then sometimes you just give up. Holy Ghost says, okay, we're going straight to the top. While you don't even know what you're saying, the Holy Ghost is speaking on your behalf. This is what we need you to do, Jesus. Jesus, okay, Father. This is what the old, our breath just said to us. Holy Ghost just said, boom. Some is so deep, y'all going to get it this afternoon. Verse 4. How long is this series going to go? This may go to Jesus comes back. He's Lord's verse four says, verse four says, he's been made so much better than the angels. See, angels are spirit beings, but they are lower than God. Are you hearing me? But you need to say this with me, because you because you'd be surprised how many people believe this, to believe that Jesus was an angel. I want you to say it out loud right now as a church. Jesus was not, ever, and is not an angel. Okay. So, so when he says he's made so much better than the angels, he wasn't trying to address that he was one of them and he got promoted. Are y'all hearing me? Jesus, the man, oh, it's about to get deep, y'all, and y'all ain't going to handle this. Some of y'all going to even think this is heresy unless you hear me out. Jesus, the man, Jesus, the name Jesus has not always existed. But the Word of God has. Right? Now watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving the whole thing about the angels. I'm going to show you right now why he says so much better than the angels. Why he has to cover that at this moment. 
when referring to the deity of Jesus. Verse 4 goes on to say right after that, so much better than the angels, that as he has by inheritance, say it, say inheritance. I need you to get that in your spirit, inheritance. By inheritance, oh, this, this can mess you up if you don't look at it. By inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. Let, let, me, let, me, let me show y'all so you understand. All right. Here. Fifi, that's your Bible. Not really, that's mine. All right. So, she's got that Bible. It's a great Bible. I want that Bible. She wants me to have that Bible. But how many knows I don't have that Bible, right? Who's got the Bible? Fifi. Now, watch what happens when I walk over and she gives me the Bible. That's going to be real elementary teaching, but watch this. Now, who's got the Bible? I do. Have I obtained the Bible? Obtain means to get something. Oh, it's going to be deep that you didn't have. All right? But God's got everything, right? God's all-powerful. God's all-knowing. God's omniscient. God's omnipresent. God really don't need anything. But here we see Hebrews saying that he had obtained something that he didn't have. Ain't that what the scripture said? And it tells us how he obtained it by inheritance. How many knows if your daddy has got a Mercedes that you rode in all your life and dreamed that one day you would have, but you never got, but then your daddy went on to be with the Lord? And you're sitting in a room with a lawyer reading a will, and they say, and to my son, Larry Raglan, I give my Mercedes. How many of those up until that day, the Mercedes was there? But it did, it was a lot, it meant a lot to me, but it didn't mean nothing like it did that day because before I leave that room, somebody hands me a set of keys. Now, I have obtained by inheritance daddy's Mercedes. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't say he obtained authority. It doesn't say he obtained godship. It doesn't say he, uh, he went from being an angel to a god. It doesn't say that he went from being a great prophet to a god. It is only addressing his name. Is this good teaching? It's only addressing his name. Now, how many of those before you can inherit something, somebody's got to die? Huh? So, so this name... That is more excellent than they was not more excellent than they before somebody died. It was at a death that he obtained it. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. 
Some of y'all know where I'm going. Some of y'all don't. Some of these new preachers say, y'all ain't tracking with me. Track with me on this. Track with me on this. Watch this. By inheritance, somebody died. When they died, the Son of God obtained a more excellent name than they. This is one of the most powerful revelations in all of Scripture. It is the power of the name of Jesus. The power of the name of Jesus is paramount and should be paramount in the believer's life. The name of Jesus is not powerful just because the name, it was the name of the Son of God, the Messiah. It is more powerful because of the life of Christ, what happened in heaven and the earth and in earth through his life. Jesus was all God and he was all man. During his 33 years on earth, he was careful. Watch this. To be a man first in how he lived and carried himself. Not God first, man first. He never ceased being God. But he was careful to say, to walk, to act, to respond, to react as a man. Because he knew he was going to need us to follow his example. And if he operated, reacted, responded, and walked as God, it is impossible for us to react the way he reacted because we are not God. We don't have the abilities that he had. So everything he did, he did as a man who happened to be God. Now watch this. Jesus was all God and all man. During his 33 years of life, he was careful to be a man first in how he lived and carried himself. He did not shield himself from any temptation or even sin. He conquered it as a man. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He conquered it as a man. Oh, stay with me. Y'all track with me right here. Next thing will be skinny jeans. Because the skinny jeans cut, cut some big slats in my, in my pant legs. Faithfully say, yeah. Then we'll get me some of them $500 sneakers. Are y'all hearing me? I get my sneakers from the thrift store or I buy one, get one free at Shoe Shack. I, I did buy a pair of shoes off Facebook Marketplace. Mistake. They looked real good. But when you got them home, you realized these things have been used a lot. They still had a smell. Somebody say he conquered it as a man. Now watch this. Watch this. You got to get this. If I don't get anywhere else, you got to get this today. Man, this right, I, was, I was shouting when I was, when I was typing this, man. It was, just, it was like a download. Because Jesus lived a sinless life, he obtained, obtained a name by inheritance. Now watch this. You have to get this. Before the cross and after the cross, thousands upon thousands, if not millions of people around the world, before Jesus, thousands, after Jesus, millions, have been named Jesus. Nowadays, Jesus. How many of those you see somebody's name is Jesus, you call him Jesus. You don't know no better until you understand. No, his name is Jesus. But how many of those Jesus is Jesus? But watch this. So, I don't mean this disrespectful. So if you got a friend named Jesus, or if you got a friend named Jesus, it would be a little weird. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't guess it's weird. I mean, if you want to name your kid, kid Jesus, you can. I just assume when I see somebody's name that's spelled J-E-S-U-S that it's Jesus, I don't say Jesus. Right? But if you got a friend named Jesus, you got a friend named Jesus, you could say to the devil, in the name of my friend Jesus. And he going to laugh in your face. Did you get that? So some people simply think that it's the name J-E-S-U-S that has the power. That is not what he obtained by inheritance. In fact, in the time of Jesus, many, many people in his town were named Jesus. It was a very, very common name. It wasn't, he wasn't named Jesus cause, just because the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus. And by, by the way, for the fact that's an English translation, it actually was the word Yeshua, which is a, which is a, 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 a New Testament era slur of Yehoshua, which is the Old Testament name for Joshua. So really, Jesus was named Joshua. So Joshua, Yeshua is Yahashua, which is the same as Joseph. So when, you, when you, under, you understand something, you begin to go back and look at Scripture, and you begin to understand, you see so many characters. Joshua, what, what did he do? He led the children of Israel into the types and shadows. So you got to understand. Demons know the name of Jesus. You can't just say the name Jesus and demons react automatically the way you think they ought to react. Because it's not the name Jesus. It's the authority in Jesus himself that brought the power to that name. See, you can come to the altar on emotion and even pray the sinner's prayer and not get saved. Some people think the words, Father, forgive me in the name of Jesus. I'll confess my sins to you and come, please come into my heart and save me from this point forward I'm born again. Those words save you. No, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. I can say anything. But when my heart speaks it, my mouth is only responding to what my heart has already decided. Repentance is a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of your words. How many ever been in a relationship with somebody that was constantly telling you they were sorry and they're going to change this time? That, I'm so sorry. I repent. I'm sorry. I promise you I'll never do that again. And the moment they get a little bit comfortable that you're still staying with them while they're doing it again. Their words meant nothing. They were manipulating you with their words. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching good? So it's, it's out of the So the name Jesus, this is not... This is not Heresy, what I'm saying. The name Jesus itself is nothing other than just a name. But when you call, your spirit man knows the difference between, hey, this is my friend Jesus. Meet my friend Jesus. Your spirit man knows when you're introducing your friend Jesus and when you are looking at the devil and saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you, devil, to come out. Am I preaching right? Now, why is it 
that the demons know the power of the name of Jesus when you call on the name of Jesus versus the name Jesus. It's because they know that it was the power came and operates in our lives when we speak that. By inheritance, he obtained that. That name Jesus went on another level when he died on the cross because that's when he said, it is finished. Heaven, earth, the atmosphere, the dirt beneath us, everything responded to those words. The earth shook. The moon was, the sun was darkened. The, the clouds came. It began to rain. The veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. Nothing was standing between God and man anymore. Now there is one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Because at that moment when he died, when he said, it is finished, it wasn't just that Jesus died on the cross. It was him that died on the cross. But the whole Godhead, the whole Godhead was involved. Are y'all hearing me? This is my beloved son. The Holy Spirit was there. My God, are y'all hearing me? When Jesus died and said it is finished, all sin, who he who knew no sin became sin so that we might be saved. So now the name of Jesus is so powerful. You could be driving down the road and somebody's about to cut you off and you ain't got no time to pray. You ain't got no time to say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. Huh? You say, Jesus. I mean, I mean you don't have to get the word Jesus. I just, I just get the J. I, huh? How many, how many of them angels responded? Are y'all hearing me? Because like your spirit man knows what you're trying to say. Sometimes you ain't got no strength to say Jesus. Sometimes your mouth can't even move because you're so scared. You'll be like, you're scared to open your mouth, but your spirit man's crying out, Jesus! The devil knows when you're talking about Jesus. So, by inheritance, he obtained a name greater than the angel Michael, greater than Gabriel, greater than Lucifer, Satan, greater than disease, greater than depression, greater than politics. His name is greater than COVID-19. I ain't got no disrespect for the government alphabets, what they call it. Because all of them make the name, their names big things in about three or four letters, and they want us to call them by the alphabet. FBI, CDC, over and over. FHA. It's all the, the alphabet of the government. We appreciate you, God, that you put us in a country that gives us, we have a government that gives us freedom. But he is greater than all of them. He is greater. His name is greater. His power is greater. I mean this with no disrespect because I don't know what the future holds for me. I hope I got a long life. I hope I live in, to be an old man. I hope I would live to be a great grandpa. Come on, y'all hear me? Great papa. A G Paul. That's what that's what my girl's papa is known as from my grandchild is G Paul. And of course she's so shortened it now. G. She said G. 
I don't know what the future holds. But I do know this. When I'm gone, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And one day I'm going to give an account. The Bible says, even for every idle word that I speak. So whose word am I speaking right now? Whose word is speaking to me? Whose words am I repeating? I'm not just talking about the CDC and the government and all this. I'm talking about who's, you got, some of y'all repeating other preachers' words that ain't of God either. Huh? I'm not exempting preachers. You better watch who you letting talk to you. You, you, you better watch, because I'm going to tell you something. When you begin to get comfortable enough around people where they can say anything they want to say around you, you better know it don't just stop from you. You have become a sponge, and somebody's going to squeeze you, and that's coming out of you too. That's human nature. You ain't as strong as you think you are. Can I finish this thing today? 11.45. I'm going to eat. And I'm going to my chair. If anybody needs any counseling about 2.30, 3 o'clock, call Jim Cher or Max Stringer. Let all, watch this, watch this, verse 5. For which of the angels, for to which of the angels, y'all that think he's just an angel, to which of the angels did he ever say? Now watch this. you got to get this. This is mind This is the Father speaking to the Son. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my Son. Today I have begotten you. How many knows the Bible calls him the only begotten Son of the Father? But wait a minute. Let's go on. And again, I will be to him a Father. He shall be to me a Son. If you stopped right there, you'd think, well, okay, he's not God. Wait a minute. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. So he's setting you up for something. He's saying, the son that I have begotten, I want all the angels to bow down and worship him. How many of those God said in the Old Testament, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall worship no image, no graven image. Nothing shall be between me and God. I am the only God. The Bible says this. This is what he says in the Old Testament. I am a jealous God. I will be worshipped only. Any, you worship anyone else besides me, it is a false God. But he tells the angels to worship the Son. The angel, until the, and of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a, flames of, a flame of fire. My God, i got to get this out before we leave or y'all leave confused. Said, I'm not trying to take a shot at Mormons, not trying to take a shot at anybody here today. But I will say this, one of the strange beliefs of the Mormons, which I believe is absolutely uh, heretical belief, it is not biblical. And if you're a Mormon, come from a Mormon family, have Mormon families, I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but I, as a pastor, I have to tell the truth. And that is this, Mormons believe that Jesus and Lucifer were actually angels and that they were brothers. They believe that they were brothers. One chose the right path, one chose the wrong path, one became Satan, and one became Jesus. Let me just say that is literally a foundational belief of the Mormon church. Can I tell you something? They also believe that if you are a Mormon, you can also evolve into being a god and rule your own planet one day. I got news to you. When I leave here, the least thing I want to do is run a planet. Can I get an amen? 
That's the least thing I want to do is run a planet and have to, have to manage a planet. It's tough enough managing a church. I don't want to manage a planet. I want to sit in my temple, my, my temple, sit in my, my mansion. I want to drink my Holy Ghost non-calorie. I, start, I, used, I need some new stuff. I ain't drank a Mountain Dew since 2014. I need something else. I, I, oh, wait a minute. I drink coffee now. Drink a cup of coffee, hallelujah, while eating a, a no-carb little Debbie oatmeal cake. One of them triple ones you see in the gas station sometimes. I mean, only certain gas stations have them. If you've ever had one and you love oatmeal cakes, they ain't good for you. If you look at the carbs on the back, it's bad when the oatmeal cake is broke down into four servings. You look at it first, you're like, well, that ain't bad. That's like, that's like 20 carbs. You realize that's one serving. That one oatmeal cake's four servings. It's like, a, I don't know, close to 100 carbs. When I get to heaven, baby, my house going to be full of it. I don't want to manage a planet. <laughs> now, in the Old Testament, he was referred to as the angel of the Lord. I preached that many times. But the angel of the Lord appears throughout the Old Testament, does not ever appear in the New Testament. It, you understand? You never see the angel of the Lord appear post-Jesus. You only see the angel of the Lord appear pre-Jesus. It's because it is what is known as a theophany in, in theological teaching. And a theophany is when God manifests himself in the natural realm. And you can see God in human form, but he's not human. It's called a theophany. The angel of the Lord was a theophany of a coming, it was a revelation and a prediction and a prophetic revelation of the, the man Jesus that would come, but he was still spirit, he was still the word of God, and he would reveal himself here on this earth almost in an angelic form, and the Old Testament saints didn't know anything but angels and Jehovah God. So he would do things like he would appear to Abraham, he would wrestle with Jacob and bless Jacob and change his name. No, no angel has the ability to change somebody's name. Certainly, it'd be one thing if he changed somebody's name to, from John to, to, to Billy, but he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. The nation of Israel is named after the guy that the angel, supposedly, if it was an angel, changed his name to. There's no way in God's infinite knowledge he was going to give that, that ability to change the name of his own chosen people to some angel. So that was Jesus. So even though he's referred to as a theophany in the Old Testament as the angel Lord, it, what he's never been, never will be, never was an angel. Now I've got to hurry. I'm going to read these verses and I'm going to see how far I can get. Verse 8. But to the son, he's still talking to the son. It's the father to the son. He's talking about what the, an angel said to the son. He's talking about what the father said to the son. But to the son, he says, oh, my God, are y'all ready? Let's say it out loud. Let's read it out loud. But to the son, he says, out loud, your throne, what? Is, who said that to who? The father said it to who? The son, Jesus. So you won't try to tell me that, that Jesus is not God. Jehovah God says to his begotten son, your throne, O God, is forever in heaven. Now watch this. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your. What did Jesus preach everywhere he went? Kingdom. He didn't come to save us from our sins. He came, us to bring, he came to bring us into his kingdom. 
And the only way you can come into his kingdom is you've got to go through his name. The only way you can come into his kingdom is you've got to go through what he did on the cross to, get, to obtain that name more excellent than they. The only way you can get into the kingdom is to go through repentance and confession. Oh, my God, I'm preaching good this morning. Wait a minute, I ain't through yet. Your kingdom, verse 9, talk, still talking to Jesus. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. There, oh, y'all, y'all, can y'all handle this? You ready? Let's say it out loud so you know that I just say it myself. Let's say it out loud. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Meaning, you are God, but you are also man. You're sitting next to me in glorified man form. You are not just God over everything up and down here, but also the glorified flesh that you have on you that all these others that are up here with us has that looks like you, but may don't look just like me. You have more than all of them because you are not one of them. You are God. So watch this. This is what Jesus was talking about when he says, I don't do anything unless my Father tells me to do it because he's my God. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Even though he's God. Jehovah God says, my Son in whom I have begotten is my God. God don't need a God. What he's trying to say is not that he has a God. Is that God, the only way God can have a God is that it's himself. Oh, this is too much for y'all. It's equal. That's him saying, you are my equal and I am your equal because we are one and the same. Jesus said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Telling you, I'm just reading the scripture. Therefore, God. Let, let me break it down to you in blunt Jefferson lingo. My God, you are my God, your God is speaking to you. Completely one in the same. Oh, we ain't through. Verse 10. And you, say it loud, what's the next word? So wait a minute. Not did, he, not did Jehovah just call the Son God, he now calls him Lord. Lord means ruler. Because of what you did, you are the ruler of the kingdom. Oh, my God. You... Lord, watch this, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. So we see here, this Godship, this Lordship did not begin at the cross. He's always been God. He's always been Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Are y'all hearing me? So God acknowledged it. Lord, you in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. 
They will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up. But they will be changed, but you are the same. And your years will not fail. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand? So if there's any doubt who he's talking, that he's, that he's just sort of some crazy belief that these people that believe in oneness to believe that even when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan by his cousin John the Baptist and the voice out of heaven says, this is my beloved son of whom I well pleased. They literally teach and preach that Jesus, Jesus is God by himself and there is no Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's only Jesus. So Jesus literally cast his, his, his voice up into the clouds and bounced his voice off in the clouds and spoke about himself back from the clouds and then made, made a dove come in, in himself and he sat on himself and the dove said, upon himself and he said he, he spoke to himself out of the clouds so that he could all acknowledge no no that's confusion God is not the author of confusion if I hear a voice come out of heaven saying this is my beloved son I believe it's coming out of heaven from the father I believe if the Holy Spirit like a dove led upon him I believe it was the breath of God that came on him to anoint him for what is coming father son the Holy Spirit good preaching good preaching my God is good preaching I preach to myself so he's he makes it very clear as he comes down off this mountain he comes down off this mountain, not me. God, you are my God. Lord, your kingdom is forever. Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. And then he says, I started by saying, he is no angel. No angels have ever had this. And he closes by saying, to which of the angels, if you still think he's just an angel, has he ever said? Come sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? These angels are not meant to operate equally with me. They are meant to minister and operate on behalf of those who will accept you as Savior. My God, that's good. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Give the Lord a praise. I'm going to close by this statement. Y'all get them announcements ready. And then we're we about to have an altar call, though. Some people about to get saved. Rededicate their lives. People about to be healed. I want to read to you as I close a verse I've already read. Verse 14, I think I've read it. No, I haven't read it. Yeah, as a, yeah ministering spirits. I want to read to you verse from the message version. I love this. Isn't it obvious, verse 14, that all angels are sent to help out with those lined up to receive salvation. Did you read that? Did you see that? Uh, let's read that again. Isn't it obvious that all angels are sent to help out with those lined up to receive salvation? This hit me like a ton of bricks. We literally forget this benefit of salvation. We have trained ourselves in the modern church to believe that when we come forward and we ask Jesus to forgive us of our, of our sins, come into heart and save us, and we really confess that and mean that from our heart, that the great, that it's basically so that we can be forgiven and their names can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that we're saved from hell. But Hebrews tells us angels are, are standing by, ready to assist those that are lined up to receive salvation. And they can't really operate on your behalf until you accept Christ. 
And when you accept Christ, the favor of God comes on you as a son or a daughter of God, and angels are lined up going, okay, God, you move on them to send us. We, have, we are ready. We are ready. I believe God assigns you. The old saying was guardian angels, and, and I don't mean to mess, mess some of y'all up, and I don't mean to close with something that's going to make y'all mad at me, but your guardian angel is, 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 is not Papa or Mama or, or somebody that's gone on to be with the Lord. They're with the Lord. They're not down here taking care of you. They didn't get their wings, and they're down here taking care of you. They're, with, they're at a place that we're uh, desiring to go one day. You're, but you do have guardian angels, and, they, and maybe your, your loved ones are up there praying for you. But here's the reality. Your guardian angels are angels. They're actually ministering spirits, flames of fire from God to minister on your behalf. I do believe God assigns angels to people. I had a, uh, one of the greatest men of God's ever walked this planet. Pastor of church down in Double Portion Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He talked like this. Hayes Moss is his name. One day I was down there interviewing him for a newsletter I used to send out about old-time revivals, the tent revivals and all this when I was doing tent revivals. And I asked him, I said, I said, Pastor, what, what would be the one thing you would tell me that I need to do to, to be a success in ministry, to be pleasing unto God? He said, he said something like this. He said, son, you don't need no big church. You don't need no fine building. You go find you a lamppost. You just go find you a lamppost on the side of the road. You string you a light up on the side of that pole so that people can see you at night. So you don't scare them. And stand up under that pole, under that light. Preach the name of Jesus. He said, because all this other stuff is great. But if you ain't preaching the name of Jesus, God's not going to send the angels. He's not going to honor you with the miracles. It's the name of Jesus. And then what brought him to my mind was in that same conversation, because talking about guarding angels. He just, man, he saw things in the spirit realm that blow your mind. I mean, I bought my first tent from him. And I didn't even know him. I went down there with a friend of mine that introduced me to him. And we're standing in the storage unit getting that tent. I did not know this man. And I'm not hyping this up. He's standing over there. I didn't know his history. I didn't know that he used to preach in the tents with Oral Roberts and Jack Cole and William Brandon and all them. Amy Simple McPherson and many of those in those, those days. And I had no idea at that time. I literally was just walking in the storage building. To look at the tent, an old canvas tent. And I walked past him and I brushed him just a, just a, just a, I mean, just enough to my, my clothing. And as I'm walking in, I went, oh, that's, oh, and I fell up against the wall. I literally hit the wall. And I was just like, I thought I'd got dizzy. And my friend Tommy looked at me and said, I should have warned you. He said, that's how anointed this man is. You cannot stand around him. Every time I ever got around him, I would stagger under the anointing of God. There's no hype, man. I'm sitting there one day, this young preacher, and don't know nobody, ain't got no friends in the ministry, ain't in no denomination, asking God when, when, when. When are you going to do this, God? He looks at me, he says, hey, hey, whoa. You just have to know him. He goes, oh, whoa. He points at me. I'm like, oh, God, I'm scared. He goes, I see an angel 
top of your head. I'll never forget what he said. He said, I've never heard this term before. Sandy knows what I'm about to say. He said, it's a time angel. A time angel. Son, it's a time angel. I've never heard of a time angel in my life. He said, he's standing on top of you. I can see him. He's got a clock in his hand. He's holding it up. And he's screaming. It's time for your anointing, for your next level. And I'm telling you something right now. When we left there, God, God began to use us in tent revivals. I mean, our church was birthed out of a tent revival. We had a tent revival that went eight weeks. Ninety people were saved in that revival. Come on, y'all hear me. Are y'all hearing me, church? Not, in eight weeks in the dead of the summer, many of our, oh, I say many, some, many of them's going on, but some of our top leaders that are with us today were saved in that tent revival. Filled with the Spirit in that tent revival. Because that time angel spoke out, and I received it. I ain't trying to be no hype man up here. I got a feeling some of y'all got a time angel on top of your head, and they've been screaming. And you ain't been listening. They won't do anything you won't release them to do. It's time to release your angels on behalf of you. We don't worship angels. Our power's not tied to whether angels work out or not. The name of Jesus. Power. But the name of Jesus releases favor. The name of Jesus releases healing. The name of Jesus will send your angels for. There ain't nothing wrong with you. There ain't nothing freaky and flaky about you getting up in the morning and saying, in the name of Jesus, I release the angels that's been assigned to me to go before me, to go before my children. I release in the name of Jesus the angels, God, that you've given me over my life to protect my children, to protect my grandchildren. I say, go before me on the highway. Go before me on the byway. Bring me safely back home to my family. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, and you will release those angels. God, how'd you get 1206? How'd that happen? I just looked up a while ago. It was 1145. Did I just get translated? I think I just got the time. I think that time angel just translated me. 20 minutes. It was amazing how you did that, God. I'm standing here one minute and I'm translated 20 minutes later. Now, my wife would tell you, that wasn't no time, angel. That was your mouth. Father, in the name of Jesus right now. Stop the music. Stop the music because this is for y'all too. This ain't just for, for you ain't playing for this. It's for y'all too. In the name of Jesus. 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 It's more excellent than any other name. In the name of Jesus. We bind every disease right now. In the name of Jesus. We bind every tormenting spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. We command every devil that's causing people to be tormented. Can't sleep at night. Can't operate. Can't keep their, their minds straight. Can't be have a sound mind. We bind them in the name of Jesus. We command every sickness to go in the name of Jesus. We command relationships to be restored. Devil, you will not destroy that marriage. Devil, you will not destroy that family. In the name of Jesus, greater than what's been said. Greater than what's been done. Greater than what's been said about you. Greater than what's been done to you in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater. I bind the spirit of fear. I bind the spirit of fear. That the enemy is trying to trap this nation in and this world in. Bind it. Jesus is greater than the spirit of fear. He's the only way we have a spirit in us. Our mind, our mind is sound. Our mind is sound because of the name of Jesus. 
We thank you right now in the name of Jesus. You're sitting right there where you're at. And you got sin in your life. I can, I'm encouraging you right now. Make where you're at your altar. Come on. Listen, I was going to bring you forward right here, but the Holy Spirit said you need to learn how to make an altar. You need to learn how to be an altar. You need to learn how to be able to touch God when you're not in the church service, when you're not standing before a preacher leading you in a prayer. You know what to say. This ain't your first rodeo, most of you. Some of you might be the first time you've ever been in the church, but you know what to say. You know how to talk to God to get some things out of your heart and into his hands. Come on. Begin to confess them right now. Deal with them right now. Deal with them right now in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, he ain't going to hold them against you. You come to him in the name of Jesus with a humble heart. He's forgiven you. He's forgiven you. there's, There's no sin that is greater than the name of Jesus. There's no sin greater than the blood of Jesus. Give it to him. Give it to him right there. Give it to him. You ain't got to be loud. Just open, but open your mouth. There's power in your mouth. Don't just think it. Don't just think it. Because when all you do is think it, you're, you're leaving it in the realm where the devil works. You're not, you're not getting it out of his realm. His realm is the mind. No, he, he, can't, he can't control what comes out of your mouth. That's you. That's your authority. That's your authority. You open up your mouth and you speak it because then it shuts him up. Then, he, then you take it out of the realm where he can manipulate it and you put it out into the spirit realm. Speak it. Speak it now. You got a sickness you need to deal with. You got you got a, a demon that's tormenting you. In the name of Jesus, you take authority over that devil right now. You tell that devil to get out of your house. You tell that devil to get off of you. You tell that devil to get off your spouse, to get off your children in the name of Jesus. Take authority. Open your mouth and take authority right now. Open your mouth and pray for your mom and your daddy. Open your mouth and pray for your brother and sister. Open your mouth and pray for your son and your daughter, your grandbaby. Open your mouth and pray for your boss. How about you open your mouth and pray for your nation? How about you open your mouth and pray for revival? Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, he's greater, he's greater, he's greater, he's greater, he's greater, he's greater, he's greater. Father, right now, he's in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I just feel like some things happen. I just feel like some things happen. I just feel like some, some burdens have been lifted. Ooh, I can just I can see countenances changing. I can see people smiling that wasn't smiling a while ago. Hallelujah. I can see people that look like they was wanting to get up and get out of here. Now they're smiling. Hallelujah. 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 Now look, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to say this, but I but I gotta tell y'all something. Uh I promise you, I promise you, my intentions in the natural realm is never to preach this long. When I come, my agenda is not to preach this long. But I'm not gonna apologize for it. And, and, and come on, all right, because when it happens, it's not, it's not, it's not me just wanting to he- talk to hear myself talk. It's I feel like some things that need to be spoken out into this, into this realm, because my job is to equip you. For many of you, and I mean this, I mean this not demeaning at all. I'm trying to be encouraging, but it, maybe it is a slight rebuke. But for many of you, and certainly some of you, probably many of you, the words you hear your pastor say on Sunday morning, may be the only words you hear any pastor or any preacher say to you for an entire week every week because you're listening to crap music and crap talk and watching crap TV, and I'm going to say crap as many times as I want. I'm not worried about it because it's all crap. And, and you're listening to that poop come into your ears throughout the week so I know that for some of you, God has given me a mandate and an understanding. I have to get some things in you in this season in your life because maybe you're growing in the Lord and you're, you're not at that place yet where you're feeding yourself on a daily basis. I don't want you to survive on this. 
but I got to give you what I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to give you. Amen. So, so I want you to know that's where we're headed. God's moving me in the realm of, you know, I've always been a pastor and a preacher. But I'm, but I'm in the season of my life now as a father. So, so when I come in here on Sunday mornings, I come in here, I don't take it lightly. I come in here to speak not just as a, a preaching engagement, a time for me to just get up here and talk. I'm going to speak into your life and pour into your life to equip you for this moment. Do you receive it? 